You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. So great to be together, and I thought about this uh, psalm in Psalm 55, verse 6, it says, Oh, that I had the wings of a dove, I would fly away to be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and the storm. And I thought about how appropriate that verse is for us today. It's so great to get a break. I don't know how many of you feel like you've been in the tempest. Anybody? Any tempest out there? I know there's just a lot continually going on in our lives. And it's so great to be able to take a deep breath and be able to gather together and remember God's word. Remember why we're here. Remember that day you said, I do, right? And we're still saying that, I do, I do. I love you, and I love God, and I'm still here, and I want to get better and better. And we're in for such a treat. I've known Laura for decades, uh, and I know she's going to do a great job sharing with us. I've known Peter longer. I knew Peter when he was 16 years old. I actually uh, played tennis with him. And let me just say, he was a non-Christian. With a capital N at the beginning. And I was like, who is this guy? But, uh, so I have incredible respect for Laura. She's an amazing wife. She's an amazing wife. She's very patient. She's very loving. She's very kind. And um, I asked her about some turmoil in her life recently. And she said, you know, I'm just waiting for God to show me what I need to do. And that's who she is. And I really appreciate that. And I know you're going to enjoy hearing from her right now. Thank you. Amen. Well, let's start with a prayer. Dear Father in Heaven, God, we just are so grateful to take out a moment right now just to remember um, your power, God. We praise you, Father, that you are full of compassion, that you're full of, you love justice, God, that we don't have to worry, that you are in control. And we just praise you right now, God. We thank you for Jesus and everything he went through for us, God. We're very grateful. For all the ways you're working, we are so blessed to be part of a church that values marriage, God. Thank you so, so much that we are here. Um, Father, please use this time. I pray you'll work powerfully with the brothers through your spirit and here also with the sisters. I pray you speak through me, God, and that you will, every single person, including me, that we will walk away with a gem today that we can take and really apply to our lives so we can be more like Jesus, God. And have really awesome, even better marriages, God, that will glorify you in greater ways that we can shine in this world. We love you, and please watch over our children, God. We really pray you watch over them in a special way in our pets. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) Okay, so... God loves the pets, too. You can hear me okay? Yeah? 
Okay, so this class is called Seal It With a Kiss. That is a huge kiss. They got that for me. Um, and I want to start out with something. I want to start out with something funny. So there was this older couple. I mean, really old couple, right? They're laying in bed together, and the one the woman says to her husband, "How come you don't hold my hand like you used to?" So this wrinkly hand goes over, and he holds her hand. <sighs> then she says, "How come you don't hug me like you used to?" So he goes over, and he hugs her. Like, oh, I love you. Then she says, "How come you don't nibble on my ear like you used to?" He jumps out of bed. She goes, "Where are you going? I have to go get my teeth." I thought that was a good one. So, my question for you, ladies, is: Do for a moment. Do you believe that sexual love in marriage is good and right? Do you believe that? We know we have the Song of Songs, that it's a passionate adventure, and we know that God provided pleasure in the sexual relationship, and that it's good, and that God is positive about it. God is not negative about having a physical relationship. But why don't we always feel like that? Why don't we feel like that? Once, for one thing, the world has twisted and perverted sex, hasn't it? In a lot of ways. And also, some of us may have guilt or painful memories from our past. So we don't always look at the sexual relationship in a positive way. Or we can be struggling with our attitudes with our husband. And we don't feel the same attraction that we once felt. Also, uh, it's the amazing thing is that we sometimes see other we we've seen other, our parents' example or people that we're close to, and we're not inspired by their relationship, and we're not we don't have faith to really believe that I can have a great physical relationship or a great. Friendship with my husband. So something that Peter and I have gone through in our married life is um, we. I love Peter very much. I'm very grateful for God to God. I can't even believe I got to marry Peter. That's how I feel. Like I feel undeserving most days of how what an amazing husband he is. But there have been times because he's very uh, what's the word uh, zealous and he's a preacher. So he can be. I get a lot of sermons at home. Surprise, surprise. I get a lot of them. I get quite a few. So I sometimes I get my feelings hurt. I get hurt because he can be a little bit strong at times. He's got those eyebrows. You know, like I love his eyebrows, but he, people in church are like, he's looking at me. Like perfectly innocent people at visiting church go, your husband was staring at me. I'm like, no, that's just his look. That's the look of love. So, so anyway, he so suddenly a, a few times in our marriage, there have been times when I have not had a desire to be with him sexually. I realized it, and I would be, "Whoa, Laura, you don't have a desire." And why is that? 
Why don't you have that desire? So the good news today, I'm going to tell you why, but I'm going to shoot something else first. The good news today is that God wants to give us solutions, grace, and forgiveness so that we can move forward and have a sexual relationship with our spouse that can be consistent and, and amazing because God can do that. So true intimacy is getting to know your spouse and being known without fear of rejection. How can we achieve this true intimacy? Now, for men, men are afraid to be truly intimate sometimes because they're afraid of being disrespected. They feel like they need to be strong and, you know, just strong. And so they fear the rejection that we could give them if they're really open with us. And sometimes we, we say, I want you to lead. I want you to do great things. I want you to, they take one step and you go, what are you doing? <laughs> like, we, we think we want them to lead, but as soon as they try, we criticize, don't we? We have to be so careful. That wasn't in my notes. That was just the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, okay, so true, how can we achieve so women, what we, what helps us to achieve is we have to feel safe, right? We want to feel safe because when you're feeling vigilant and anxious and worried and fearful, how are you supposed to be playful in the bedroom or anywhere else? Relax and enjoy your sexual relationship. How are you going to be able to do that if you're feeling all these things? And we expect a lot from our husbands. We expect them to be our confidants our passionate lover, a great father, a great provider, we expect a lot. Something that in the old days I think God needed to provide first and then a whole village would have provided sometimes or what we expect. Thank God we have the church. Because sometimes if you're if we're expecting too much from our husband, that's where this first point comes in. But how can we achieve true intimacy? We begin with perfection. Not your perfection, you'll be happy to know with God's perfection. The way we have true intimacy is we start with the Word of God. Um, Is your sexual relationship affected by your relationship with God? What do you think? It absolutely is. Because how is your heart today towards your husband? Is it bitter? Is it frustrated? Is it callous? Is it hopeful? Is it joyful? Is it compassionate? How is your heart towards your husband? The good news is we have a source of power to change whatever we need to change. We have a source of peace that God has given us, and it is his word. It says here in Psalm 19, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey. Honey from the comb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, 
there is great reward. And, you know, if you can get all this from the Bible, why wouldn't you want to read it every day? Right? This is all from God's Word. It revives the soul. It gives you wisdom. It makes you radiant. It's pure. It gives you joy. It's righteous. It's precious. It's more. It's sweeter than honey. Why would we not want to read this every day? Why not? But the question is, do we? How are you doing? Because as women, I, in order to do this, in order to begin with perfection, you are going to have to say no to some other things. You're going to have to say no. You're going to have to make decisions to absorb the Word of God. Not just check in and go, I read my verse of the day. No, I'm talking about sitting down. This is my actual notebook, that I, one of my notebooks that I use. But I like to write. I write the scriptures down. I want them to get absorbed into my heart. I desperately need them because of my who I am. Um, sometimes people tell me, I listen to the Bible. And I think that's awesome. I think you should listen to the Bible. But there's something about writing down the scriptures they, and getting them in your heart. I know we all learn in different ways, but I want to encourage you to consider writing out scriptures, to get them in your heart. Because you want to be able to tap into this power that God has available for you. How do you tap into it? Well, you first, we, we know we can read, we can write things down. But also, we can pray together with every, we can pray every day with our spouse also, so that we are together, you know, learning and praying together in what we're learning in the Bible. Um, When you buy cream, what do you want it to do? Absorb into your skin, right? You hope. You're like, well, maybe some of you that are young, you don't care. But the older you get, you really want it to absorb and go deeply in, right? And we, that's, Cream is an example, but we need the Bible to get deeply in our hearts. Because when you're in the heat of the moment, if you don't have the Bible in your heart, guess what? Well, the sinful nature will just take over. So we have to have it in our hearts. Now, what happens with the Word is it gives you awareness. And it enlightens your eyes. So, when you get enlightened, then you get a softer heart. Then you move, it moves you to talk to your husband. In my case, so when Peter and I were having this situation where I was like, I don't feel like anything. I kind of feel dead inside. That's really strong, I know, but I felt like void of emotion. I just felt like I'm weary. I'm worn out. I don't feel anything towards you. So I had to tell him. Now, if I hadn't been reading my Bible, it probably would have gone on longer. It didn't go on that long because I got convicted. The word is so great. It helps you have a soft heart. It gave me more compassion. I'm like, the poor guy. I am married to him. I need to tell him. I need to be compassionate to him. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't mean it. He doesn't realize certain things he says, how much they hurt my feelings. So I told him. And he said, Laura, I'm so, so sorry. We were able to have that moment of repair. And I hope you understood from the previous class, in case you've forgotten already. Um, <laughs> repair, if you can repair, no matter what's going on, you can make it. If you can repair, if you will make it in your marriage. But the, the Bible softens your heart so that you will want to repair. So sometimes you need a desire, right? 
So the Bible, so it's, how is your Bible study today? Ask yourself. Because however it's going, that is going to affect your sexual relationship, which you may not have thought about or think of it all the time, but it really does. Because it gives you security. It gives you a lot of, of peace. And that helps a ton in your physical relationship. And in everything else that we have to do, for that matter. So the second point is... Oh, okay, sorry, I forgot this. Um, the wise woman builds her house on a foundation of godly precepts, but the foolish one tears it down by ignoring godly principles. So there's a lot of careless living going on today. I don't know if you noticed. People are careless, and I don't want to be um, a Christian, a follower of Jesus that's careless. If we are not in the Word on a daily basis, absorbing the world, the Word, we are not. It says here we're ignoring godly principles. We can say other things. We can say I'm busy, right? We can say there's a lot of other reasons. So, <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I got my papers here. Okay. Oh, thank you. It's kind of like when you're in the grocery store and they go, "Do you want a bag?" No, I'll just juggle. <laughs> I tell them that all the time when I forget my bag in the car. I have ten bags in the car, but somehow I walk into the grocery store without the bag. I'm like, and they're like, "You want it?" I got it. <laughs> I do not want to spend 10 cents again. I can't feel it. Okay. Anyway. Okay, where were we? I have no idea what that had to do. Okay. So, the foundation of godly precepts or ignoring godly principles. What are you doing? Are you building a foundation? You don't. I know you don't want to tear down your house. I know that. I know you don't. I know that's not your heart. But what are you doing by your actions? How can we tap into the power because power is available. We talked about that. We can pray. We can absorb the word much more. We can study God's word. Second point is it pays to discover. That does happen to be the slogan for the Discover credit card. And I'm getting no kickback, but I just really liked it. It pays to discover. Hebrews 13, verse 4 and 6 says, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage... And the marriage... Bed, I believe it says, be kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The physical relationship was not meant to be expectations that are not met, so I'm disappointed. It was meant to be a discovery, a, discover, a journey of discovery together. And it's okay to discover together. It's something that God, I believe, really, from everything I've studied and read about this, he wanted us to figure it out together with no judgment. Do you know that your husband, how you receive him in the bedroom, a lot of his self-confidence comes from that? If you receive him with kindness or if you're harsh. I didn't know a lot when I got married, but they gave me a couple of tips. Say yes all the time. Never say no. And, you know, as a Christian woman, which I tried to do that, I can honestly say, um, 99% of the time I said yes, except for that time I told you. <laughs> yeah. that was, 
But even then, I said, you know, we need to work this out. So, but are you nurturing and cherishing and honoring your husband in bed? And are you protecting the sanctuary of your marriage? Because God really, in order, it says here that the marriage should be honored by all, but if you're not honoring your husband, you can't honor the marriage, right? So we have to honor our husband. And I think something that's got lost in our world right now is that we've forgotten the scriptures. We've forgotten that in 1 Peter 3, it still says we should accept the authority of our husbands. That we don't have a a lesser role as women, we have a different role. We don't have a le- we're, it's not less of a role to be submissive. It's not. It's, it's a different role, but it's, it's really a powerful role. Jesus lived it. In Ephesians 5, just to, just you can jot it down, 22, it says, submit to him. Your husband is the head of, he's the head of your, the wife. The husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Sometimes we forget there's so much static, there's so much... No, that's still true. That's still a godly principle. That still brings peace in the home. Um, So, the sexual relationship is also about giving and receiving. And sometimes we don't feel good about that. We don't, we're not, for whatever reason, we haven't discovered yet, and we need to ask ourselves... Have you discovered I turn off when? When? Remember that the brain is the most important sex organ. Because if we're like in someplace else, right? We all know this as women. If we are thinking about the laundry, the kids, the I don't know what, we cannot be with our husbands. We can't. Self-conscious. I just want to tell you, men are not as fussy about your body as you are. Okay, they're not. They're not that picky. I mean, they're not. We are like checking, we're checking and adjusting and it's okay. You know, I mean, yeah, if you want to work on it, go for it, work on it, but they're not that picky. Um, distracted. Are, we, are you distracted? What, so what turns you off? You get resentful. Do you feel guilty? Are you pressured to have an orgasm? Because that doesn't work. It makes you feel more pressured and hard. Insecure. Feeling undeserving of pleasure. So we just need to check in with ourselves and figure out. Have I discovered when I turn off? Do you know that? Have you discovered when you turn on? When you're secure? This is what helps me. I just put myself here. When I'm emotionally connected, when I feel pretty, when I feel sexy. Sometimes the lingerie is for us, isn't it? Yeah, they look at it for a few seconds. But but it's really for us. Because we feel prettier sometimes, right, when we wear it. I mean, yes, it's for them too. But um, Safety, when you feel safe. When, when you feel maybe more adventurous, relaxed, or playful. Have you discovered these things about yourself? Because it is a journey of discovery. And they did a, uh, I'm reading, I read a book called Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel. I didn't read the whole book, some of it. And she talked about, she's a psychotherapist with a sexual psychotherapist. And she said, they did a survey of when you feel most drawn to your spouse. When you feel most drawn. And it was interesting that 
When do you feel most drawn to your spouse? When you learn something new about them? When you, so you can tell your husband new things about you, too. More, and you want to learn more about him. Like Carrie learned something today about her she didn't know. More compassion equals more attraction. Isn't that interesting? When you're more compassionate, you're more attracted to your spouse. When they are in their element, exuding confidence they found, that when our attraction grows for each other. Also, when their spouse is being appreciated for their gifts. When you see someone admiring your spouse, or when they see someone admiring you, or you just are, we are more drawn to each other. When you feel more drawn, you will feel more drawn to your spouse. When you're radiant, when you're confident yourself, um, when you're admiring them, you can feel, you will feel more drawn, and they will feel more drawn to you. So, how are you doing? How's it going? Because the sexual desire, you'll, you'll find, it goes up and down, doesn't it? Because life happens. It changes during pregnancy. It changes with children. It changes with work schedules, with health, with age. And how are you doing? With communication in the physical? Are you talking? We didn't talk about things for a long time. Now we talk about things. About what we like, what we don't like. Are you talking? Are you communicating? Um... Also, it, we have with, you know, I have friends, their husbands have a very high sex drive, and there are friends that their husbands doesn't, but they, are, they have the strongest sex drive. They want to have sex more, and their husband doesn't. Just so you know, that happens. That's all over the place. So, but sexual relationship can't be defined just by intercourse. Sometimes it just needs to be being together, like that elderly couple we started out with. She just wanted him to nibble on her ear. That was what she wanted. She thought that that was probably all they could do at that point. That's okay. So we we can't get just focused on the sexual relationship is just this and that's all. It's not. There's it's being together, being intimate, being whatever you want to do. Okay, it, it doesn't have to be this one definition. You have to discover that together. But it's giving and receiving in a mutually satisfying relationship. And the more grateful you are, the more you will enjoy the sexual relationship. You know, I have... Um, okay, so go to the next point. Enjoy building your friendship. As you heard in the last class, friendship is very, very important. But when you're very busy, it's difficult to take time to build a friendship. You can go online and find all these recreational activities that you can do with your spouse that you could do easily. That you can just add in time for friendship. And we have to be very flexible as women and try and help ourselves. Sometimes, okay, my husband likes to golf. I can't golf. So I have to find something that we can both do. So we go on walks with the dog, we go on hikes, and um, it's just, don't lose heart if you don't have something in common right now, you can find something. And I just want to also encourage you that there, many of us, we complain about our husband, but there are about 15 million, I think, in single women in California that would take him off your hands in a second. They would. And I'm not exaggerating. 
there are millions, millions, and I'm not, millions of single women that would take him off your hands to have dinner with somebody, to be able to hold someone's hand, just to have company. So if we're grateful, we'll be able to build a better friendship. Be grateful. It's marriage is a gift. So how are you doing and enjoying building your friendship? And also I just want to say there are four, I have four women friends in the church that have lost five actually, that lost their husbands recently. Do you know that four out of the five, it was sudden? They weren't expecting it. So I just want to encourage you, we don't, we should love our husbands like this is the last day because we really don't know every day is a gift. Ecclesiastes says, Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your fleeting life which she has given you under the sun. So God wants us to live joyfully. What is the climate in your home? Is it a climate of rich? In the Gottman study, they also said that the climate should be one of fun, of warmth, of love. When I read that, I'm like, I have a long way to go. Especially the fun in the house. I'm like, fun in the house. Okay. But really, how is your domestic support going? with your husband. Does he have clean underwear? Let me be specific. We had a couple in our group, in our small group, in our small group, and that sounds silly, but they almost got a divorce because she never did the laundry. Like he was like, he's like, all I want is clean underwear. Is that too much to ask? And now he could have done the laundry himself, but he's a little old school. I won't go into that. But domestic support, you know, it's, it's very important. How it, If you're not good at it, there is someone sitting beside you that is good at it. Get advice. That is the beauty of the kingdom. You can get good at it. You can get good at making a schedule and getting things organized in your home. Fun activities together. Seek help early when needed. Do you know the average time couples take to get seek help when they're having problems? Guess how long? Six years. And I have, and I love, I have a very close family member. They were about to get divorced. It's taken them six years. They're just get, I was like, wow, they lived out that stuff. They, they're living it out. And now they're getting help. Warmth and affection. Do you, Peter and I have an expression. We start, we say, can we start fresh? And we pray and we start fresh. We try and be lighthearted with each other because I can be like the opposite of lighthearted. Like Peter told me this recently. Laura, the look of love. Okay, look of love. What about the look of death? I was like, that wasn't the look of death. You will, you will. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. So you have to ask yourself, what is your, what are you looking? How are you looking? What is the atmosphere? Because the, we make the atmosphere in our home. We would like to say we don't, but we do. We would like to blame it on somebody else. One way you can know is how do you actually make them home from work? Do you start piling on like, here you go, take that. Or if you go, let me consider how his day was and be positive when they first get home and encouraging. I had to change this because we work together. We have so many levels to get unified on, ministry, parenting, a lot of stuff. And I, I, I'm like, okay, so I have to be positive. So that's what 
is the main thing. If we have a bad habit of being negative, if you don't like what you're growing, if you don't like what you're growing, take a closer look at the seeds that you're planting. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Amen to that, doesn't it? And I just want to make one plug for the dog, Jesse. Um, <laughs> Jesse, I love dog. I really love dogs very, very much. Now I ha- I was having a hard time with Jesse because I was afraid he was too big. But I want you to know, I came around and I got my heart right. I'm like, okay, Peter, by faith, I'm going to get this dog. We'll get it. We will get it. But I do walk the dog every morning because he's got one of those prong collars. Those, it's okay. I'm very gentle with him. But my point is that we go, we've had to love each other deeply through the challenges and through trying to adapt. Women, we need to adapt more. Do you know that's our role? We are supposed to adapt more. If you were more like your husband, you'd probably be doing better. Hard thing to hear. But if I was more like my husband, I would do better. Most, 99.9% of the time. A great marriage is not when the perfect couple comes together. It is when an imperfect couple learns to enjoy their differences. So to close out, to close out, we can't just coast. Let's just coast. I'm just going to try. I don't want you to go home and try to change. I want you to please go home and study out this topic in the Word of God. Whatever topic it is, if it's kindness, if it's peace, if it's joy, I want to give you homework. Go home and study it out and absorb it. I've had to study out patience. because I am not patient in my sinful nature. I've had to study out and get a conviction about being self-controlled. I lack self-control. With my emo- I get blinded by my emotions. I can't. I've repented a lot. Believe me. Like that expression, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used No. Not where I used to be, but I'm about to be there, or something like that. No. What is it? I'm not where I used to be, but I'm almost where I'm going to be. (laughs) I'll get that next time. But anyway, I'm better than I was. But let's not be women. Let's not have careless living. If you need help, get it. And understand this. God is bigger than your problem. Okay? God is bigger than... Do you believe that? Look at the person next to you and say, God is bigger than your problem. Good job. So, I love you all very much. And I want to leave you with this. There is, this is, I want you to relax and enjoy the weekend, and I hope you have a wonderful time with your husband, loving them tonight and every night. But I want you to know this, there is a lot at stake. There is a lot at stake. Sometimes we think, my, okay, you're getting carried away now with that. Okay. Last thing. Last thing. Sometimes we think, my repentance doesn't really mean, it's not that big of a deal. I can just keep gliding along, gliding along with bitterness, gliding along with resentment, gliding along with... No, your repentance is huge. If one person repents, they can affect hundreds, maybe thousands of people with the repentance of one person. 
So ask God to show you. And there is, what's very moving to me, is there is so many young people and so many marriages out there that desperately, do you know how need a light? Do you know how bad it is right now in marriages? Do you know how many, you know, people are getting divorced all over the place. It's time for us to stand up and be a light in a gentle, submissive, and powerful way because we're following Jesus who did it all with great gentleness but very powerfully. But love you very much and thank you so much for having us. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.